0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Reconciling Humanity. I'm Eleanor Hayward. Really grateful to introduce my co host, Jody Harbour of Grandmother's Voice, and Dennis Windigo, who is a psychotherapist. And I am so grateful for your attendance here. We are discussing the spiritual path to mental wellness, hosted on Skyward TV and Hopeful Radio. Welcome. And on that spiritual path to mental wellness, an important that an issue that's important to me is the concept of decolonization and having this conversation because I don't think it's just one thing. And as much as I respect that decolonization is a political process, it's a it's structural institutional policy issue. It's also from my perspective, a mindset issue, a heart set issue. How do we shift perspective? How do we shift our value system? And I really honor the the truth and reconciliation process that we've got here in Canada. I'm filming in Burlington, which is between Milton and, or sorry, um, Toronto and Niagara Falls. And really grateful, wanting to say a little bit of a land acknowledgement. As a settler descendant, I acknowledge the past and current stewards of this land, the Haudenosaunee, Wendat Huron, and Ottawanduron peoples. I honor and respect the wonderful elements of creation that exist, including the four directions, the land, waters, plants, animals, and ancestors that walked before us. Um, the territory that I'm on is subject to the Dish With One Spoon Wampum Belt Covenant, which is an agreement between the Haudenosaunee Six Nations Confederacy, the Anishinaabe Ojibwe, and the Allied Nace- Nations to peaceably share and care for the lands and relationships around the Great Lakes. We acknowledge and thank the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation for sharing their traditional territory with us. And I am personally grateful for the autumn season. I love the the colors and the the fresh air and the chill in the bones. I I prefer neither the the extreme heat or the cold personally. I love the, the milder temperatures of autumn and the fresh harvest that comes with it and blessed be. So, Jody, you are the co-founder of Grandmother's Voice. Would you please share with us what you do,
1: and then you can introduce Dennis. Hi, nice to see you and uh, everyone that will be joining us today or later on, uh, as you as you find this video somewhere on your path. Uh, I'm Jody Harbor, and uh, I'm I, My great grandmother was of the Cayuga Nation, Six Nations of the Grand River Territory. I'm urban I've I've uh, grown up in the urban in uh Ontario uh love to travel and I follow my heart Grandmother's voice is is a part of um my ancestry I I am connected to spirit and I trust I trust that I'm I'm here to uh, speak my truth help heal whatever needs to be healed. I'm a helper. And, uh, and I, my paths crossed with Dennis a couple of times. And, and I, I reached out and said, how can I help? What do you do? I want to know more. There was, when I saw him, there was this, this, this essence that reminded me of, of my father in strength. And, and I just was, how can I serve? And when I'm and he's amazing. And Dennis, I, I think this is we're honored to have you here in this time. Uh this world is we're in some, I I think some big changes. And the indigenous, uh, the indigenous voice, knowledge, wisdom, ancient wisdom is so important. And you uh you transfer that knowledge in the work that you do. So I'm grateful to have you here. Please introduce yourself and and tell people how great i think you are <laughs>
2: please oh miigwech. thank you my name is dennis Windigo. i'm also known as Benes, which is my original name given to me through ceremony through life a process of uh what we call today a rites of passage um so that's the community i come from first nation in northwestern ontario which is part part of uh treaty three um i i also live in ottawa i have connections in thunder bay and sudbury and uh family connections because that's where my children are um And I do this kind of work. Uh, I've been doing this work for many years, um, over 30 years at least. I can't even remember. It seems like I just started (laughs) because it's always so interesting and new information always coming up and new ways of looking at issues and looking at things. But what has remained constant is the, the spiritual aspect of the work that I've been doing. It's always been there. I come from a family of 12. There was 12 of us and uh and my father was uh, a very, very traditional, very spiritual kind of person and uh he he knew about the medicines, he knew about that way of life and he would teach us. So we were we would be picking whatever it was, berries or roots or uh you know, whatever it was and he would we we would pick it up prepare it dry it out mix it up and bag it up and whatever in whatever way we needed it and he would travel around the country doing ceremony and doing healing and doctoring for people and that was um that was happening during the years where growing up where of course he he didn't think I was paying attention I didn't think I was paying attention either but you know that all that experience, that knowledge, and that way of life is encoded inside of you, is in, is encoded inside. When you think you weren't listening, it just comes up and it's like, uh, aha, wow, how did I know this? And and I truly believe that we all have that connection, that very strong and powerful connection that, that we all have. Um, and, and that's what I rely on a lot, mainly in, in the work that I do with, with people. In Ontario, um, I am uh, a, 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 known as a social worker. Um, I guess I do psychotherapy. Um, people say that I'm a healer. I don't know what to call myself. <laughs> when people say, what's your title? I say, I don't know. <laughs> I have many titles. And in, um, in I also work in Quebec, and I'm registered with Psychology du Quebec as a permit holder to do psychotherapy there. But my work remains constant right across wherever I go, um, and it's that spiritual part, that spiritual aspect. And when we talk about land-based healing, I think about where we look And we have to look inside of ourselves, because we are the land. And if we are the land, we are also medicine. And the elders always said, whatever you seek is already inside of you. So we have to look into our land for our medicine, for our direction, for our way. We, we are dealing with so many issues in, as human beings in, in this world, and we have to look at what is available to us and how we use that. Um, is, is there any questions right now? Like, I'm, I'm not sure where you want me to go with all this. So uh, if you can ask me a question. So what does
0: colonization mean to you? And then, therefore, what does decolonization mean to you and your work?
2: Uh, do you want the um, the Webster Dictionary definition? <laughs> what does it mean <laughs> to me? Well, I guess I guess to me it, it means the taking over, the in, imposition of values, of culture, of language, of institutions, and everything that we see in life and it's about devaluing the marginalized people that ha- that have been colonized and that marginalization continues in present day form it's not something that happened or started in 1492 and it's and it's about past it's about right now and how it's and how it continues and because our we have been devalued we we have been um, marginalized and continue to um, struggle with those issues. We have to look at what is our value system, what is our beliefs, what is our ways, and it's it always and it comes down to our teachings that come from a place that that we know as since time immemorial. Since time immemorial takes us way back and connects us way back before 1492 and our ways, our ceremonies. And and to me, this is decolonizing is to understand those ways. It's to know those ways and it's to practice those ways. But it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, we have to go back and live those old ways. It means we're, we're bringing the values, we're bringing the practices, we're bringing the, 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 um, you know, the medicine from everything that is about that into the present and finding our way out of that darkness of colonialism because it's all around us. But also, we need to acknowledge and to find balance in that, in how our lives are supported through that process that we have, received from uh whatever you want to call it development or colonization so it's always um it's always uh, a balance that we have to look for so let me um talk about a situation um i was i was in a community and i was doing um a group healing program uh I had about forty people in there, and I had elders and um, support people that that were there as part of my my team. And as we're um, going through through this healing process, something triggered for this young man, and this this young man was known to be suicidal, angry, depressed, and into addictions Um, so he had not so good of a reputation in his community and and people didn't really trust him and during one of the sessions he was overwhelmed and he started to lose control of himself emotionally even physically and he started to talk in a voice that sounded really rough and uh it his voice changed and what he was going through um, it just overwhelmed everybody and, and the group scattered and they they left the room in a panic. But um, I know that this is a reaction. This is a reaction to some kind of woundedness. This is a re- reaction to some kind of pain. And we need to be able to stabilize some of that reaction to get the woundedness of all this. And, and what is the wound all about without... Um, getting into a lifelong story because the body, spirit, is already telling the story in those behaviors. And this is a story of colonialism. And colonialism lives inside of us and and how we interpret our lived experiences and and our, um, you know, if we're dealing with racism, if we're dealing with violence, if we're dealing with discrimination and all these issues so so this is all coming up for him in in this and i had the the elders bring um a buffalo hide they had this buffalo rug and we laid it down on the floor and i and i got the young man to lay on to lay on the on on that rug and and i started to to pray over him and as I'm praying, I, I asked the elders to stand to sit and pray on that side of the room, and the women to pray on that side of the the other side of the room. And and I just said, just pray and um, and and we'll see. I'll see what what happens here. I'll see where it's, where it's gonna take us. I truly believe that as as helpers or as guides or whatever you want to call us, healers, or to me. The person that i work with is the healer that person isn't even a client because to me client is the lone term that we label people as oh this is a client i've seen 20 clients today or whatever it is right this is a person this is a person who has experience who has a story to tell and this is someone that this to me this is a healer but he just hasn't realized that part of him yet. So I'm sitting beside this healer. I kneel down beside him. And and as I'm noticing his energy, I could feel this really darkness about him. And I, and I asked him into that. And I asked him, what's it like in that place that seems to be attacking you? It, to me, it seems like there's a place attacking you or you're trying to run away from it can you help me understand what that is because i'm not quite getting it and and he said i'm just lost i i've been lost for so long it's just i am in that place of darkness and it's there's nobody there nobody cares about me my family is gone there i don't have my parents i don't have any siblings i'm all alone now most of my family has passed on and um and and so he's describing um, a lot of trauma in a lot of traumatic losses and a lot of other types of traumatic experiences that he's, that he'd been dealing with. And, and as he's talking about that, I noticed something moving inside the body. And so I brought out the Eagle fan and started to brush him down. And, and I noticed something, something else, where it seemed like there was something stuck in his throat, something in that area. So I got beside him and I told him just to start blowing that through, but be very gentle with that. Uh, Because if we have medicine inside of us, I want him to tap into that medicine and to move that energy. If that energy, some of that energy is his, some of it is his family's, some of it is the people who harmed him, some of it, it comes from so many different places. And so his his whole body, his whole breathing is telling a story of his history without getting into the way we tell stories because our bodies, our spirits tell stories in a whole different way. And as he's doing that, um, I could feel that energy and as when we are sitting beside people, when we're helping them, sometimes we take the hit of that. Sometimes we we uh absorb it. And I could feel that I was absorbing it and I was taking it in. But mm-hmm. I encourage him just to keep releasing it. And as and as he's laying there, um he's he's releasing out all of his emotions and I'm not asking him what it's about. I'm not asking him to tell me what his story is because I, I've seen this many times in in the field where people um, are going through something and the practitioner is, is trying to get a story. What is the story about it? And even if they tell the story, that might not be the root cause of it. That might be the reaction place of it. So we want to get to the root cause of it. So he's just releasing it all out. And because that, all those symptoms that I'm seeing, it has a context to it. And to me, it has a historical context. And that, his, that history includes his siblings, his parents, his grandparents. It goes into that lineage where that pain has been transmitted through generations. And he's experiencing all of it. And and it comes from a and it seems to be when I look into his eyes, he has this far, far away look, as if he's just staring somewhere way beyond today, way beyond right now. And and I and I had him notice that. I want you to notice in the eyes what I'm noticing in your eyes. In other words, I'm allowing him to see himself through my eyes and what I'm seeing. And and he said yeah this goes back a long ways it just keeps attacking me I, and so there's an attacking to it hmm. and so he's te- he's actually telling me in stories of intergenerational trauma that are living inside of his body and then i hear this this it's it's not a voice but it's a sense of knowing and i know that the spirits are in the room and and this name for some reason i say to him your name is and i gave him a name i don't even recall that name and and i said it in the the anishinaabe language and i don't even speak anishinaabe Hmm. and 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 he when when he said his name he stood up and he said his name eight eight times eight times and his whole body shifted, his whole body changed. And then his the glow on his face, the glow of his eyes, it were just shining. And and then and then he said that he really wants to live. He just doesn't know how with all of this pain. But he wants to learn how to put that away, how to find himself, to find that identity. So we just worked with First of all, the individual, which is I, he had um, an overwhelming experience. Something triggered him. So I was triggered. And then as we processed that, he noticed we, we are, we have been dealing with this family, community, and all of that is important. And it's all stuck and stored in his body, in every cell, every bone, every muscle, every everything and we're slowly flushing it out like a river be that river what kind of river what kind of water do you need to be that river and be that become that because if you say oh there's a water that i remember you're not that water you need to be that water because that's the spiritual connection but it's also the physical connection because 80 percent maybe more maybe less of our body is made of water so we're connecting into our medicine into our water system and and the breathing the oxygen the air yeah. mm-hmm. and the memories the roots you know like the tree roots the plant roots that's how the brain system is kind of designed so we're, we're getting into the history into the root causes of all of this he's tapping into all of his medicine and as he works in the, with that darkness of whatever it is everything that he's been carrying because we do carry our histories with us and now there's light there there's love there's compassion all those medicines that i just named and we all have that inside of us and he stand and he's standing on on ground on rock on turtle island and then he announces his name And his even his voice changed. He's very calm and and he loves his name. He finds and he feels like I know who I am. So now, so now he worked first with I, we, and then returned to I because I now can connect and reconnect with community. The first I he was disconnected. Mm -hmm. In the we he's connected to everything and everyone and in, even even what happened before he was born and re- going to I, ah, this is who I am. but the I is in connection, is in relationship with everyone, all my relations. And And he felt a lot better and he left. So now I had a debriefing with with the elders and with the women. and and what the women said when when they were praying, And they looked at the wall. They said, there's this big eagle that that was there flapping his wings. And they said, before you even gave him that name, we knew his name. We heard that name. So we knew you were going to give him that name. And I was like, really? (laughs) I was just so impressed with that. Because when I was part of this, it was like me watching me doing this, but it wasn't really me. I don't know if you can understand that. But, and then when the elders talked, there was this one elder, he was already in his, in his 90s, and, and he was shedding some tears. And he said, I remember when I was a little boy, he said, I remember when I was a little boy, my, my great-grandfather, he said, he used to do ceremonies. He used to do healing. And what you just did there is something I seen my great-grandfather do when he was helping people and he was doctoring. So how could I do something that I've never done before, but yet this elder validated it? He said he's seen it before. If I've never seen it before, how could I even do a ceremony or a doctoring that I've never been exposed to because it's that strong spiritual connection. It's, it's very powerful because what we do today, it comes from a someplace inside of us. It comes through our DNA. I was merely a, a passage or a vessel to do this because that's what it felt like. I'm watching myself do this, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm I'm watching this. I'm I'm also an observer, but at the same time, I'm I'm a guide and I'm going through this with this young man. And and then what happened after that? Uh, people in the community would would tell me, "Oh, you're a medicine man," and I'd say, "No, I'm just a social worker." <laughs> I, I just help people. I just do what I can. They said, "No, you're a medicine man," and these and people would come to me with their regalia, their um, their sacred items, and they would want me to bless them. They would bring their tobacco to, with to me, and they would say, "You gave this name to this young man. I want my name. Can you give me a name?" And I was like, "Well, I don't. I'm, i I'm not gifted like that." and you know i got a lot i had received a lot of requests there and now here's the community healing piece now Mm -hmm. when the elder talked about he watched his grandfather do this when he was a child his great grandfather do this when he was a child he said we lost our way Mm -hmm. it was after residential schools came in and now we we were too afraid to practice our ways And he said, what I learned today and what I want to tell my community, he said, we have to return to our way to help people. So to me, that's decolonizing our approaches to healing. We have what is called scientific research, and it follows a certain procedure. But we also have spiritual research, and it also follows a procedure very similar to scientific
1: hmm.
2: and in, in a good scientific research it stands the test of time mm-hmm. and what i just told you what i just shared with you mm-hmm. it stands the test of time because it came from way before my lifetime way before even this elder who was in his 90s already before his lifetime it came through all those generations like and it's and it's valid it's reliable it's evidence based in spirit it has all the same elements as a good scientific research report it just has a different way of being shared because with sci- with scientific research you need to have a tangible document in front of you in our way we sit in a circle we share stories like this mm-hmm. I, I cannot give you a detailed analysis of everything that happened in that, in that day, in that moment some of it I don't even understand mm-hmm. because it's not for me to understand but this young man he understands it because his life changed moving forward from that time so to me that's decolonizing and to me he was also holding the history of colonialism inside of him mm-hmm. i don't know if that makes sense but that makes a yeah. lot of sense yes yes <laughs> that was I'm... so powerful so beautiful yeah
1: you know and uh, so much in there yeah uh, but what i heard and i'm I'm hoping that uh the non-indigenous people we're all indigenous but in this moment there's this you know when we talk about um reconciling humanity we're talking about how do we bring this knowledge in a good way share it with the people because the colonized like this it's happened to all of us you specifically talk about a community and you know maybe you know, we're assuming an indigenous community, these communities that you work with that, uh, you know, are in remote communities that don't have what we have in our urban world. So they're already marginalized. They are already don't have everything. But really, they they have everything, you know, when they when they're returned to right. their culture. And so this is what I learned from watching you and just listening to you. I'm, I'm remembering all of these times I've been in this space where you're practicing and, and in that moment with the people, you're not you're not listening. To their voice, you're watching their body. You're watching them. You're in that that essence and spirit, and so, um, kind of sticking to our dialogue here. And what we're trying to explain to people is how now do we um, move forward, and and how do you share this knowledge with the with everyone, the people who are doing this work, this social work, and are not indigenous, because we know that there's. You know, there's this stigma around what's indigenous is indigenous and appropriation and, you know, how in your practice and uh, because you do have a program beginning um, in 2024 and uh, happy to say that Grandmother's Voice is supporting, um, you know, helping bring bring this to the mainstream, you know, to the, the Western medicine that's, you know, trying to figure out how do they embed indigenous knowledge and ancient wisdom into this system, or integrate it, or work alongside. Um, so, how how do you see that um, happening within your you know your training or practice that you're bringing forward to society?
2: Well, one of the messages that is pretty constant I always share is that we all come from a land somewhere. Every one of us who's ever sitting in that circle, in that audience, or they are participants or trainees as part of a program. We all come from a land somewhere. We're all indigenous to somewhere. And and we all have that connection, that spiritual connection to land, because it is part of us. It is part of who we are. Um, Some people have um, activities that strengthen that spiritual connection like for example up in the up in the Cree nation they have what is called the 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 goose hunt that's part of their culture and and anytime i'm doing a workshop or a training or whatever and if there's a flock of geese or even a loon goose that comes flying by and he and he makes his goose call I lose the whole group because they're going to go outside and they're going to look in the sky and they're going to start making a goose call, you know? That's, to me, that's the the cultural cues, the cultural cues. And that defines who they are as a people, who they are as a nation and their activities culturally, and that connects them and binds them. That's a very powerful and spiritual connection. But if you But if we look at spirit in a different way, Some of them are traditional, some of them are Anglican, some of them are Protestant, and that doesn't really unite them, that basically, you know, creates some problems. But when they're practicing their cultural, spiritual ways, it's it's connecting them. And we all need to find that inside of us. So part of training is having people go through a process of introspection, who am i who am i where do i come from where is my land what are my teachings that have sustained me that has helped my community my people where do i come from and and even if it's you know whatever side that or whatever position you're in in society whether on the land or whether on a boat we all can walk this path together because we all come from a land somewhere, and um, but it's to acknowledge that, and to find and to build strategies in addressing those things instead of having those issues of divide and conquer separate us and keep us separated. We need to find that power in in each process to work together to move forward together. Um, we. Uh, when I look at the history of Indigenous people and, and Canada, it is a very um, complicated history. And, and, and we need to look at that history, whether it makes you feel comfortable or uncomfortable. We need to look at it. However it affects you or however you think about it, it's a it's an opportunity to go through a process of introspection how why is it hitting me like this what is it about it that's hitting my gut that's hitting me in the body what is it about this information um and it's to examine that because it's to reconcile that within oneself within that self um and then Are you going to take a new position, a new position in in how you do the work? Because I think it's always important that we position ourselves in a way, in a good way, as they say, to do it in a good way so that we are helping people and that we're not continuing to um, create this process of colonization and but to move forward and to change things to the way that people understand their world there's there's a lot of different exercises there's a lot of different teachings and in in the program i would supervise everyone in how they're doing the process um you know to look at when beliefs get in the way what are those beliefs because it's up to that person to reconcile them to to look at differently um one one question this professor of mine uh, he he asked us would your parents lie to you and of course we all said no way no way my parents would never lie to me and but as we discussed it and as we went through a process of introspection with it, I realized my my father did lie to me. Hmm. There are things that he offered to me as truth which were not based on truth. He did lie to me. But what was the intent of those lies? It was to protect me, to help me. But also why were the lies there? Well, because somebody else lied to him. Somebody else didn't really teach him the truth of everything around colonialism. And and he truly believed those things, so he passed it on, and so he lied to us. So we really need to look at that and and ask ourselves, everything my parents taught me, did they lie to me too? (laughs) And probably the answer would be yes. But was that lie intentional? or non-intentional? Was it, you know, what, what is it based on? And can you challenge that? Because it be- becomes our belief system. Mm-hmm. We need to challenge that. So in that in the program, you're actually getting your own therapy. <laughs> you're actually doing your own intergenerational trauma type of therapy you're looking at your own family systems your own community your own way of being and to look at what is it you need to adjust but you're also learning strategies in helping people heal we are all spiritual beings having a human experience we are all that's th- those spiritual beings it doesn't it's not owned by indigenous people it's owned by all people where there are all spiritual and we can work in those ways, but if but if I share something that comes specifically from my people, I want I want people to acknowledge that. Just the way I acknowledge, oh, this is what I learned from the creation. This is what I learned from the Mohawk people. I I would acknowledge that, and and I wouldn't um, take it on as as my own. Just like in in any kind of when we're doing uh, literature reviews, and if we use some of that information, we need we need to cite it, right? So Very so right. we we also must do that because there's also a history of appropriation, you know, our ways being taken and stolen, and then somebody else putting their name on it and saying, "This is my original thought," "This is my original model," "This is mine," but yet they had taken it from indigenous person. And not giving them any credit. And I think that helps that would help to to build some um I don't know, accountability, but also some value in 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 our ways. Because there is a lot to value in our ways. Yes. Thank you
1: so much, Dennis.
2: That, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So there. <laughs> um I also want to say this other thing. Um I also had a few managers take the program, and they loved it, because as a manager, they have employees, and sometimes those employees need support for the work they're doing, but also the, the emotional impact it might have on them. So it's good that they that they have this training, and that they're able to provide that kind of supervision to their employees, even if they are not therapists. Mm-hmm. but I've also had non-native managers come in and take the training. Mm -hmm. And they could see how sometimes the the people that they're supervising um, might might unintentionally be applying those colonial ways and reinforcing them. And when they see that now, they help their workers to approach it in a decolonizing way. So then they have the tools to change organizations or change the way the work is being done. Because uh colonialism affects, like you said, every part of society. It's in policies, it's it's even in day-to-day interactions. Like like for example, there's this um there's this woman who 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 came to me for you know, because she was very frustrated with child and family services and she was dealing with a not with a native child and family services agency and and she was a, a foster mother and and her um she was taking care of her her um her niece and nieces and nephews and 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 her nieces and nephews would call her grandma grandma because that is culturally appropriate that is, like, we do not follow all the time the nuclear family system where, oh, no, that's your aunt, that's not your grandma. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the agencies was, you know, uh, giving her the right act. You're not the grandmother. You're the auntie. You're not the grandmother. And so even the manager said, you're not the grandmother. You have to stop that because you're confusing the children. But she's right. She is the grandmother in our cultural way. Mm-hmm. So so th- this is what I mean.
0: The belief when system. When we need. Yeah. Pardon? The belief system, as you were saying.
2: Yeah, that beliefs, that but also, you know. And the values. Like the, the, nuclear, the nuclear family system versus the cultural family system. And the roles okay. that people play.
0: Thank you. I think that's a good place to, to wrap up our conversation. There was such wisdom there, Dennis, and we will share the, the link for the, the course in January that grandmother's voice is facilitating and really grateful for your, your time and your energy. And I love the story about the, the young man and how his how his voice changed and his eyes changed and, and how mm-hmm. we are the medicine that the elements are within us. If we are able to to access them and and, and hold each other in community.
2: Yeah
1: I uh, I just I have to just you know, um, well, I always have to say see ya uh, but yeah. so much so much wisdom is correct and I think that it's um, time. aren't we in a time this shift of consciousness and people were here for a reason to live live life in a good way and joy and love and and everything you spoke about dennis i wish we could put on the largest world uh you know screen and scream <laughs> it up to the world because it's it people are hungry to know how we heal and how we return back to community to support each other Um, uh, because we are this this time i hope that we can look back at this video and and a year and feel that that we are changing um the world is changing into this this new beautiful world and it's with um people like you who devote their life and time to helping others on their healing their own healing journey so Nyawa for always saying yes and and sharing knowledge and um and yeah i i look really forward to supporting uh, grandmother's voice looks forward to supporting what you do in the future and hope that that everyone will walk, walk with this wisdom of supporting each other. Yawa.
2: Jimmy Witch. Thank you.
1: Blessed be. And
0: thank you, everybody, for listening to Reconciling Humanity on Hopeful TV, or sorry, Hopeful Radio, Skyward TV, and what other, other platform that you're listening to us may your path to mental wellness be spiritual and fulfilling blessed be